Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Go Coaching Podcast. Today I was asked to join Clint on his podcast that we streamed on Facebook. So this is a recording from his podcast where we spoke about losing weight, diets that you can follow to lose weight, the sort of process that you can go from from completely not knowing where to get started with your fat loss journey to having a clear bulletproof plan no, so you know exactly what you should be doing, how much you should be eating, what you should be eating, and how you can still eat the foods you love while still losing weight. So this episode was taken from that that podcast with Clint, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, welcome friends to LifeShot Podcast, the LifeShot Health and Wellness. And on this podcast, we talk about everything related to health and wellness, from nutrition, what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, and maybe how to exercise, how to lose weight how to gain more energy, how to feel better about yourself, and um, also just how to have the right mental and mindset, the mental attitude. So stick with us and please subscribe to this channel and uh, don't miss any future episodes. We're going to be busy in December. I've got uh, at least four episodes coming out in December, so we are going for it gung-ho. This week I'm speaking to two people, and the first one today is Georgia Farrell, George is a fitness trainer, a coach. Um, he's all over Facebook and Instagram. He's got a lot of followers, and he's also very knowledgeable about um, how to train people. Uh, you know, physically, he does a lot of uh, nutrition advice for his customers as well. Helps people to lose weight and look great and feel great. So, without any further ado, uh, you know, please help me in welcoming George to the show. Uh, we recorded this live on Facebook, so there may be a few times when we speak about sharing screens. But nonetheless, don't worry about that. Uh, my name is Clint Grove. Thanks so much for joining and listening into this uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. And shout out to us whenever you want and just say some comments. Tell us what you think about the show and please share this with your friends. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Live Shot Podcast. Again, I got George O'Farrell and George, I was looking uh, to when you were last on the show and it was last year sometime and I can't remember exactly when, but welcome back to the show. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. I remember last year it was um, it was around the same time of year. I remember because it was it was pretty freezing as well at that point. It was a cold. Yeah, we were probably going yeah. into autumn. That came up on my uh, Facebook memories because obviously you posted a picture of it. I posted a picture of it. Um, yeah, it was around similar similar time. Cool. All right, so we are live. I'm just checking it out now. Nice. <laughs> and um, so this is what I want to speak about today, George and his sister. You know, I'm coaching two people at the moment. Um, with my health coaching, and I know that you do something very similar, and it's around um, weight loss. And I think just psychologically at the moment, as I'm I'm 44 now, actually, just had a birthday in November, and um, as I'm getting a little bit older, and I've always been the same weight, um, pretty much 68, 69 kgs. I am doing some more intense um, body work now, so I'm, I'm eating a bit more, getting a bit bigger, so I'm like 70 kgs now. And I can see, uh, you know, the, the weight starting, but again, there's a little bit of something down here. And just psychologically, I can almost put myself into the shoes of someone who, who maybe has got a bit of a podge stomach as a man, right? And thinking how that actually does psychologically affect you, like thinking, geez, you know what? I wish I could get rid of this. And I think there's a lot of guys out there, maybe they don't always say it, but they have this niggling thing in the background, like I wish I could just lose this. I wish I could just lose this. So maybe today we could talk about ways in which we could, you know, just chat and advise people on, you know, what do you think is the best way to do this? So where would you start with someone? Let's say 
someone is coming to you and saying, look, all I want to do is get rid of this down here, this, this extra tire. You know, where yeah. you what's the starting point? Starting point is always to get an understanding of what they're actually eating because hmm. most people think they eat a small quantity of food, but in reality, their calories are always a lot higher than what they actually think. So I'll always get them to send me across sort of a food diary, even if they're not tracking on my fitness pal, literally just um, a diary of what they eat throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and I'll obviously sit down, calculate sort of where, where they're sort of food sitting, how many calories they're eating, what potentially sort of they're sort of under eating. Generally, it's protein. Generally, it's sort of a few sort of vitamins and minerals. So we'll look at sort of putting th some things in place to improve that. But generally, it, for most people, it just comes down to having a little bit more sort of awareness and actually a clarity of what they're eating um, so that they can actually eat uh, more specific sort of targets because you don't need to exclude the foods you enjoy. You can still eat the foods you love, but it literally comes down to having a little bit more sort of awareness of how much you're actually eating. So that reminds me of two things. So food journaling. Yeah. Uh, I read something before. Look at my Christmas tree, by the way. <laughs> from this guy. Um, I read something before that if you just simply write down what you've eaten for every meal, you actually start to lose weight. It's because... <laughs> And, and it's weird, right? You think, well, how can just writing down what I eat over a week make me lose a bit of weight? But apparently, um, just the awareness of what you're actually eating starts to, in a way, affect your actions. So, so people might not even realize, but they might be eating less because they, they're journaling food. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the number one biggest thing, even, even not sort of weight loss related. The number one biggest thing to actually making a change into something is actually knowing where you're going wrong. So you can't change anything if you don't know where you're going wrong. So actually sort of understanding what you're eating because it's very easy to go through your day, work gets a little bit busy, you just reach for a certain food that potentially isn't the best sort of food option for you. But if you're tracking your food and you sort of know exactly what you're eating, you can still yeah. eat that food and still see that that weight loss or that, that result that you want. So you mentioned... Um something called the macronutrients where you say yeah. maybe not having enough protein and such. So what, how important is that? Um, Cause with, with, with mine, with my coaching, what I talk about is the magic plate. Yeah. So, which is similar to what you do. So the magic plate is split up into, well, the three, three, so three uh, parts of it. And the middle is the fats. So the good fats. All right. So the one part is like protein. So make sure you get the right amount of protein. Like let's say one third of your meal. Okay. Um, and then the other third is like, um, like your vet, your greens, so something like your salad or your spinach or your broccoli or whatever. And then the other part could be, you know, um, could be like something a bit more starchy. So a, th a third of your plate could be something like potato or rice or something like that. So, you know, those are the macronutrients. There's carbohydrates, protein, and then fat in the middle, just um, that much. But obviously that's, you could, you could say that maybe looks like a certain diet, but not really. It's kind of like just, it's not really a diet. It's just, Normally, if you have a roast chicken dinner, for example, you're going to be having protein, your potatoes, and your vegetables, right? So it's going to be kind of like a balanced meal. So what do you what do you think about, or how do you give advice on the balance of those macronutrients? Yeah, so I think most people, like the, the, the way that sort of our society works and the way that sort of if you go out for a meal, generally your meal will be very heavy in carbs and fats. They're the two things which generally will be very heavy, and they're not bad. But it's the quantity, again, that in excess you gain weight. And, and the quantity of anything in excess you're going to be gaining weight because at the end of the day, in terms of sort of losing weight, it's a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. 
if you're in a calorie deficit, you will be losing weight. Um, but when you when we sort of look at sort of like a little bit more detail into sort of protein, carbs, and fats, mm-hmm. protein um, obviously there's a huge amount of benefit with protein. For, for, for example, sort of satiety, you're going to be staying fuller for longer um, if you're actually eating an adequate protein intake. Um, and, and it's called thermic effect of feeding. So I don't know if you if you probably you probably know about this. So thermic effect of feeding is basically out of all three macronutrients, so you've got protein, carbs, and fats, protein takes the most amount of energy for your body to digest. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're going to go over on one, like it potentially makes more sense to be protein. Um, but again, excess causes you to gain weight. So generally sort of a good rule of thumb is two to two and a half grams of protein per kilo of body weight, um, especially for people who are training to some some degree and pushing themselves in the gym. Because obviously that puts more of a demand on your body, more of demand needs more recovery. Yeah, sure. So I love this idea of protein because I think it's some it's one of the macronutrients that we kind of don't get enough of to, to do exactly what you said, which is satiety, which is feeling full for longer. So you don't have to have a snack in between yeah. the breakfast and lunch. So I, I try and coach my clients to say, look, try, you know, four to five hours at least before your next meal. So if you have a breakfast at eight, if, you, if you're a breakfast person, then try, you know, not have anything until 12 o'clock or one o'clock. And then from one o'clock till six o'clock. So you've got those massive gaps, but actually getting from one to the other can be quite tricky for someone. If they're not, for example, breakfast, traditionally, if you think about 50, 60 years ago, breakfasts were probably quite heavy on the protein, maybe even longer, let's say 100 years ago. I don't know. And in Britain, and I've, I've read certain things about their eggs and meat. And then all of a sudden, kind of the, the shift in society has gone towards cereals. And so there's a cereal, you're taking more carbohydrates in and less protein, right? And so if you have like a big bowl of cereal, maybe like um, cinnamon squares or something, they are good cinnamon squares curiously cinnamon <laughs> i love them so i don't eat them anymore but uh at about 10 30 you're like oh, i just need something else so that it's that i believe it's a lack of protein in the mornings that are not going to get you through till 12 or one o'clock in a very happy way if you don't have enough protein in the morning what's your thoughts yeah on definitely and i think a lot of people now for like you like you were saying for breakfast they'll either have some some sugary cereal which isn't great but it's okay mm-hmm. um, but from a perspective of sort of protein if you look at most people's breakfast they either grab some cereal or something or toast or something before they leave the house or they grab like a croissant on the way to work or something mm-hmm. or coffee on the way to work and a, a muffin or something it's it's not is like next to no proper complete protein in that mm-hmm. um, so obviously from that perspective, from, from a perspective of sort of staying fuller for longer, yes, it makes sense to have some protein there. I'm quite a big believer in having smaller meals more frequently. So I, I, I'd suggest having meals sort of every three hours, not necessarily like a big meal, potentially a snack, just from the perspective of if you look at sort of the body and its sort of ability to absorb protein, having these smaller meals where you've got smaller, smaller servings of protein split up throughout the day, so obviously your body can only absorb X amount of complete protein in one meal. We can look at then spiking your leucine levels. So spiking your MPS muscle protein synthesis sort of a little bit more frequently. Um, and sort of from a perspective of recovering, um, it's going to be great from a perspective of actually staying fuller and not feeling like you have to reach for these sort of extra high carb, high sugar, high fat snacks, which are fine, but push you over your calories. It sort of makes sense. If that okay. makes sense. 
I bet your clients love you, George, because I've read a few of your posts like hamburger. You can still have this hamburger. Like, I yeah, I mean, I'm, okay, a, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big believer in still eating all that stuff. Like, I still eat all that stuff, um, but I just make it fit into my daily daily calories, daily food targets. Because let's be honest, for, for most people, they want to lose some weight. They want to eat the foods they love. They want to be able to go to social events. They don't want to feel like they're eating out of Tupperware for the rest of their life and eating boring chicken and rice, plain old chicken and rice, where where they don't, they don't need to do that. They just need to have a little bit sort of food targets and sort of targets to actually work towards each day. Yeah. So I think, you know, we one thing doesn't fit all. And I'm sure you know this with your clients as well. It's like for one person, a certain way of eating might not suit another person. You know, some yeah. people, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person or I don't eat breakfast or whatever it is. And and you do get some people who are like really hard on themselves who, and, and they're quite disciplinarian on themselves and they can really be strict on what they eat and they can do that. But there's some other people kind of like don't have a lot of willpower in that area. So maybe we could talk about willpower quickly. So willpower is something that um, to me can be exhausted. So for example, if you're in, um, let's say you're working during the day and you have to use a lot of your willpower. By the end of the day, your willpower is like gone, man. You're like, just, you know what? I need a break. And I think what people fail to do in their days, their work days, is to actually pace themselves and also take breaks in between the stressful moments. So you might, you can't be go, 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 go all the time and never have a break, never stand up, take a breath, go walk outside, do whatever it is that you can do at your place of work. And then um, expect to be so disciplined about what you're eating as well. Because at some point, you're going to be like, you know what? I see the break. I don't want any kind of rules. Everything's gone. So will, willpower. What do you think about it, uh, willpower as in, is it is it something that we can just use all the time? And is it something that everyone has? Then they say, look, guys, you can't, don't eat that food. Just have the willpower. What's your thoughts on willpower? <laughs> I think willpower is very closely tied towards actually having a goal. Yeah. Because if you don't have, so if you're just looking to lose a little bit of weight, great. But what is your actual goal? How much weight are you looking to lose? By what date? And if you've got that deadline, I, I did a post about this the other day. You may have seen it, but having a deadline about your goal is going to be, so, you're going to be so much more motivated. You're going to be, have a lot more willpower because you know you've got X amount of weeks to lose X amount of weight or gain X amount of weight or whatever your goal is, um, you're going to feel a lot more motivated than just thinking, I want to lose a bit of weight, don't really care when, and then at the end of the day, then it just feels like you're dieting forever. Whereas if you've got that definite sort of target, you know exactly what you're doing, I think people will be, well, I know they are a lot more sort of motivated from that sort of perspective. Mm. So like a different target, yeah, I put my clients in a 12-week program, which is 90 days. So it's not too short, not too long. I think yours is similar. That you have some programs that are maybe ten weeks or something. Yeah. So, so I, so obviously each client I work with, it it depends. Some of them want to. Generally, with most most, I'll do like a six week kickstart program where we'll for six weeks we'll we'll look at what their goal is, um, and and we'll 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 do that. Generally, sort of it falls into sort of like a fat loss category where generally we'll look at sort of putting off between 10 to 18 pounds in that six week period of time. So it's yeah. sort of like a kickstart intensive. And then from there, we'll look at setting up a little bit sort of more structures in place for 
long-term success because because realistically you're not going to continually be able to lose that much weight week on week after sort of a short period of time so we'll look at sort of setting up some structures to slow the rate of loss a little bit um but to make it so that they've got that sort of program and they know exactly what they're doing to set them up sort of long term so i think just thinking about um because i'm just thinking about uh i don't know people like in a job like mine where i sit most of the day okay so we talk about calorie deficit here you mentioned it earlier so obviously it's the number one thing in, in a way if you're eating too much and you're expending less you know you're probably going to put on weight so you're eating way too much but you're not exp expelling that energy or those calories so do you think that like i'm just thinking about you because you're a younger guy and perhaps you're more active because well you are more active because you're a coach but let's just think about people who are um, in the younger years probably a little bit more active than people like let's say in their later years so you probably need less calories as you get older um we're just thinking about that you know do we need to be wary of of uh slowing down the amount that we eat as we get older i think i think yeah yes to a degree but um obviously it, it depends when we're talking about being a lot lot older than yes obviously yes but your your movement you are moving less and obviously with moving less you're you're requiring less calories you're putting less of a demand on your body um but if we're sort of talking about regardless of sort of like like age-wise even if obviously a lot lot older yes okay but if you're still training hard you're still putting a big demand on your body you're still needing these mm -hmm. calories to to recover but again that's sort of the individuality of it because you're going to be eating different calories to me mm -hmm. well how many calories do you do eat a day roughly I'm not even, i don't count the calories that's the thing but i'm it would be interesting to find out i probably eat about two thousand a day roughly yeah but some, I know some guys are doing like three or four thousand. I don't know. I'm yeah, thinking. so I'm I'm looking at uh, building my weight up a little bit more. Yeah. I'm doing about six to seven at the minute. Really? Yeah. So like, <laughs> I just couldn't eat that much, honestly. I, even if I tried, I'd be like, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's tough. But what what I'm sort of the point that I'm trying to get at there is the fact that complete we're obviously completely different sort of intake there with food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Now let's talk about um, maybe some. You, you said you got the ten steps to to weight loss. You probably mentioned, success, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you probably mentioned a few of them, right? Which is probably calorie deficit. Um, what was uh, some of the other? Just maybe give us one or two other ones that are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so ten steps to weight loss success um, is is uh, a free download that I that I that you can download literally on my social medias, or you can drop me a message and I'll send you it. Um, but it's literally sort of a document that lays out those ten steps to weight loss success, which you can follow um to predictably sort of see fat loss results um one of one of the sort of main ones is is that protein because like we touched upon is in terms of sort of satiety and actually being sort of full whilst you're dieting i'm, I'm a big sort of advocate that depends how lean you're getting obviously if you're getting a lot lot leaner sort of stage lean then then yes you're going to be start to feel hungry when you're dieting but for for the most part you don't necessarily, if you're just looking at losing a bit of weight, you don't necessarily need to feel massively hungry when you're dieting, but you just yeah. need some sort of guidelines to, to follow. Okay. Yeah. So, so the protein, um, what else? What's, what's the next step? The next step. Let me, how about I just pull, pull this document up? Um, one 
I'm going to put a little, I'll put your page in the, in the comments here. Let's have a look. Um, so any for, for the listeners who will be watching this on Facebook a bit later, you can see in the chat window, link to George's um, Facebook page. Uh, if you're listening on pod, uh, Podbean or the podcast, uh, obviously you won't see any of this, but uh, all good. Yeah, I'll just, just put it up now. Um, and then I can just run through them. Yeah, yeah, I can share the screen as well if you want. Oh, nice, cool. If this loads up. Trusty old computers. <laughs> the internet is very temperamental today. So we should also talk about later on is about, uh, you know, maybe it's on your 10 steps, but like movement and how we can incorporate some of that even in um, no gym. Because obviously yeah. there's no gyms at the moment, is there? I think until... Uh, tomorrow. Okay. So some people kind of feel lost without gyms, don't they? They're like, what do I do? You know, just they, they don't have an idea of what to do without the, the barbells and the running machines and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely touch upon that. Let me just share my screen and I can just yeah. um, share my screen. Does that work? Mm, not yet. Hold on. Ah, there it is. I want to put there this. Cool. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's 10 steps to follow success. I can share sort of a few of them with you. Um, so, high protein diet. So, like we mentioned, obviously about staying full, um, that two to two and a half grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So, again, just some sort of lists, a few examples, sort of like what an example, say you're weighing 70 kilos. So, yep. you'd aim for that 140 to 175 grams of protein a day. That could look something along those lines. Um, with especially with protein as well, there's there's sort of like two two sort of types of protein. You've got trace protein, then you've got complete protein. So trace protein is things protein from things like your carbohydrates, so like oats, potato, not massively sort of yeah dense in protein, but complete protein is things like tuna, dairy, fish, um, things along those lines which have that full sort of complete essential amino acid sort of spectrum um that formatting has gone a little bit weird um so basically stock up stock up this is a problem i have with google docs so obviously when i i download it into a pdf and then they then i just send it to whoever downloads it and it works perfectly but google docs just messes up the formatting massively um so stock up stock up calories basically so the the sort of premise of that is people Obviously, if they go out later on in the day in the, in the sort of weekend, a really good strategy to use is save 100 calories each day of the week. So Monday through to Saturday. And then on Sunday, you've got uh, 600 extra calories to eat. So, you're, for example, if you ate 2,000 calories a day, you could then eat 1,900 Monday to Saturday. And then you've got 600 extra calories on Sunday. So you can have a little bit more sort of flexibility with the foods that you're eating. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. So then they can feel bad about having like a dessert on Sunday or something like that. Yes, yes. So exactly. So uh, it gives you a lot more sort of flexibility with with the sort of foods that you that you want to eat. Because um, like we mentioned, you can still eat the foods you love, but it just just needs some sort of structure in place. Um, yeah. So I'll share one more. So move more. Um, again, sort of like a massive one. So a really easy way. Most people think that they don't have time to to do cardio which you you don't need to to lose weight as long as you're eating in that calorie deficit but it just allows you to eat a little bit more food um but an easy way is just to walk so it's a form of neat so it's basically something that you're gonna be burning 
calories from that isn't massively strenuous and it's not sort of from sort of the daily functions of your body throughout the day. So for example, a thousand calories, you're going to be looking at burning about, sorry, a thousand steps, you're going to be looking at burning about 40 calories. So it's a really easy way to, to sort of build up the calories that you burn in the day. So you can eat a little bit more great for the mindset, great for digestion, great for sort of just, just getting some appetite back as well. So what do you think about like sometimes when you go for a run, like I was I got the Strava app now and I went I went running and then I like you've burnt 80 calories or something like that, you know. Yeah. 80 calories, I could eat that in like you know one one banana or something. You think you know, well, how does how does that actually work? But actually there's something more going on behind the burning of those 80 calories, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so the thing the thing with those um so whatever sort of like the the fitness trackers and stuff is they're they're never they're like calorie wise they're never accurate i just i just don't see how they are but for for like steps and sort of other sort of metrics i think they're great but calories like for example i wore i had a i used to have a fitbit i got an aura ring now mm-hmm. um i used to have a fitbit the fitbit um used to do a, a weight session yes admittedly I'd, I'd burn a fair few calories but it used to say in in sort of like an hour and a half i'd burn nearly a thousand calories really? which which it, <laughs> it's just not right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, take it with a pinch of salt and i suppose during the day even though you're sitting down and you, you're using your brain you're still burning calories at a time aren't you yeah so that's your sort of basic metabolic rate so obviously it varies from person to person but if you sort of look at what you'd burn without having sort of with, without doing anything strenuous Mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a certain amount of calories that they're they're just going to they're going to naturally burn so like i think i've always people always said to me clint you must have a high metabolism and i think that's something that's been um we've been told or at least that's something we learned about this high metabolism thing because i don't put on weight easily so i can seemingly eat what i want but actually i probably don't eat that many calories that's probably why i don't put on weight but i think also um I have been pretty active during most of my life. So I used to surf 10, 12 years. I surfed when I came to England, that was the first time I stopped doing exercise. So from 2000 and by 2010 to about 2017, I wasn't doing much. Uh, maybe I went for a run every now and then, but then I think what's helped and you tell me if this is true or not. I think that muscle mass um, actually does help you to burn more calories at rest. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. How can people improve their muscle mass and muscle strength? What's your, what's your way? Yeah, so the main sort of principle is actually having a, a program for you to follow, but a program that you can progressively overload because it's great going into the gym. It's great doing a session, but if you're going in lifting the same weight for the same number of reps week on week, yeah. you're not progressively overloading. You're not progressively putting a new stimulus or a new load or a new amount of volume under your muscle because volume is one of the biggest drivers of hypertrophy and hypertrophy ultimately is gaining muscle um and sort of strength and hypertrophy are sort of like a vice versa if you're building muscle you're going to be getting stronger building strength you're going to be building muscle so um actually sort of progressively overloading looking at getting stronger and actually tracking the weights that they use the reps that they achieve um and looking at progressing that Mm. but so what's important here is to know is the listeners is that if you're a female listening and you think, well, I don't want to be all musty like a bodybuilder, we're not talking about looking like a bodybuilder here. All, we, all we're talking about is increasing 
muscle strength, really. So muscle, muscle strength. And I was listening to this uh, Gabrielle Lyons, and she talks about muscle strength is one of the best um, ways to avoid all-cause mortality. So if you have um, good muscle strength within your body, so you're doing a lot of resistance training, even though you might not look like Mr. Olympia or, or Mrs. Universe or whatever it is, you still have a better um, overall muscle strength within your body. It prevents you from having uh, uh, like chronic diseases. So you actually be in better shape against getting uh, chronic diseases if your muscle strength is increased. So I think it's important for, for listeners to know that it's essential to eat the right amount of protein. This is, this is my view. Okay, So you eat, eat, and I agree with you on the protein thing. So it's getting the right amount of protein, but also putting your muscles under strain on a daily basis, not so that you can look like Hulk, but so that you, you can increase muscle strength and keep that muscle strength for as long as you can uh, into your old age. Yeah. I think it's important to note as well that to look like these bodybuilders, it takes a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of work. And just because you're going in the gym, you're lifting weights, you're progressively getting stronger. Mm -hmm. You're not going to look really bulky if you're if that's not something that you don't want to look like you still need to train hard to be building muscle even if you want to quote unquote tone up a little bit you yeah. still need to be progressing your lifts in the gym that's that's and, and lifting weights if you want to be looking like you have more muscle but to the degree that these these the bodybuilders look it takes a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of sort of work and it's it's not something that's going to happen ridiculously quickly it takes years so it's not something that you should be sort of worried of yeah so i think that does take um like you say it's going to take a lot more effort to really look muscular like really muscular so i don't think people should be afraid of of that when we talk about gaining muscle and putting your your butt your body under uh resistance so that's um it's definitely a powerful thing so i, I at the moment okay this is my routine. So what I do, and, and a lot of people, I suppose a lot of people might relate to this because now we're working from home. Um, we've got all the comforts of home happening here. You can, the fridge is just downstairs, you know, get a snack when you want type thing. Um, well, actually going up and down the stairs is probably a pretty good, right? But a movement. Yeah, it's good for the steps. <laughs> so, um, so at lunchtime, I, I, I do force myself, like even though I don't feel like it every day, um, I do some kind of movement, but it's actually become a habit. So my encouragement for the listeners is that start getting into some kind of routine, right? So we, where it's like, this is what you do when you come down the stairs at 12 o'clock and you step into that lounge or you step into your conservatory or you step outside, that's when you do your exercise so that it almost becomes second nature to do it instead of, uh, you know, so it's almost like a trigger. So yeah, yeah. Massively, I'm a massive, massive believer in that as well. And I think one of the main sort of problems people faced is when at first when gyms shut, they were potentially were in a really good sort of position. They were training well and then gyms shut and then it got difficult. They found it hard training at home. Mm. But just sort of adopting the same routine that you had before your gym where you'd potentially have a meal, you'd then walk to the gym and you'd get, get going with your session. The same sort of thing, have a meal, go for a walk. And then just come back home and work out at home. But you, having that sort of trigger where you can sort of separate things and go from I'm working at home to I'm now training at home. This is my hour. This is my slot. Yeah. Um, is really important. Mm. So what I've done recently, oh, I've got some of these there, boys. Yeah. Nice. 
What what weights do you have? What what varies? Okay. Sixteen. Well, I got a I got a I got a four, which is pretty yeah. light. I got a six. I got an eight, and then I got a sixteen. Four with a sixteen. Nice. So I will swing this one. Um, it's quite it's quite nice for me. You probably like light light as a feather for you. But... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was swinging it yesterday, and that was good. And there's an um, I can't remember all the names of the moves. I'm just terrible with the names of them. I should really memorize them. But there's a certain move where you kind of like get down the floor and you pick it up and you kind of keep it up straight and you're going Turkish down. Turkish get up? Is that the one you're talking about? Say it again. Uh, Turkish get up or just get uh, get up? Yeah, yeah. Turkish get up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've been doing that one. It was quite nice for your core and your obliques. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's quite tough. Depending <laughs> on the way you use as well. And then yeah. I saw this. Um, I thought, you know what? I, I've been doing my abs, but... Um, following a bit of Chris uh, Herrier or whatever, whatever his name is, that guy from uh, Thenex. Okay. So I've been doing some of his, he's actually got some good chest workouts from home so you don't need any weights or anything. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've never been so, well, I have been sore like that from gym workouts with, with barbells, but I followed his workout and uh, I was totally like sore on my chest. There's nothing quite like chest doms. I, I don't know what it is, but nothing yeah. else, like no other muscle sort of compares. Yeah. Well, I love it's nice feeling so on the <laughs> And then shoulders are really hard to get, um, you know, sore as well. Do you, you uh, if, do you have bands or or you got your kettlebells so you can do you can do your lateral raises, which yeah. for most people for like posture and, and just sort of if you're looking at making your shoulders look bigger, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're, they're go to. Yeah, I've been also doing some. Um, I think a lot of people probably can't do this, is which is the handstand push up. So yeah. You know, I do it against the wall. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do them. But do you want to do as a demo? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> but um, um, I would if I had like a camera to turn around. I should get some. Well, camera. Check, check. Follow me. Um, <laughs> no, but I've got these um, outside. I've got these like big planks, and what I do is I. It's much harder when you've got the planks, and you. So I'm basically doing a handstand, handstand now. But you've got planks, and you go beyond the floor. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally. If I was doing it on the floor, I'd be stopping there. But you've got that extra range, and I can do ten there, right? And then if I, but if I use those planks, oh, it's like three or four. Very tough. Very tough. And I'm done. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's recap then uh, for the listeners. So I think we've spoken about a, a good few things here today. Maybe there's one or two things we could just touch on. Um, some new stuff we can touch on. Um, let's talk about. Before we talk about diets, let me just recap. So we talk, we talk about movements. Definitely uh, move more if you can. Stand up, go down to the kitchen, get yourself a drink, or even stand up out of your chair if you're an office worker, and then try to get yourself into a routine of um, either three or four times a week, if not daily, then do something just um, – even if it's just an ab workout or just something you follow on YouTube. I'm a big believer in just like putting – just searching something in YouTube, like body, uh, body workouts at home, no weights required – and do something right so just get active and do something and then the protein is really important as well make sure that you get uh, enough protein in every meal to push you through into the next meal so that you don't get keep staying hungry so that's excellent now which takes us on to diets okay so let's just touch on diets and then um then we'll wrap it up so i've been tempted to try the keto diet but i kind of find that i'm okay with carbs and actually yesterday i ordered a glucose meter so I'm going to start to track right. 
and put my little uh, stats on on Facebook on, and on what my glucose levels are doing after certain meals because I'm really interested to see how my body does react. I've actually had tests with the doctors quite recently, three or four, because it's to check my uh, cholesterol levels because they're quite high. But I think it's my cholesterol levels are quite high because I eat a lot of uh, fatty food. So I'll have like um, ribeye steak and I'll eat all the fat on that, right? And I'll have like pork belly and I'll eat all the fat on that. <laughs> so I eat a lot of protein and fat. But for your for your clients, do you suggest certain diets or is it just like just get your, your, your macronutrients balanced? What, what's your I think I think for for most people, obviously, if, if a client sort of favors a certain diet, then awesome. Mm. We'll go with that. But for most people looking to lose weight, it's already they're already o potentially overwhelmed by the situation at first. So I'll obviously simplify that situation for them, show them exactly what they need to be doing. But all these sort of extra diets where you're cutting out certain food groups just overcomplicate it. And and if the goal is just that weight loss, then all that that diet is going to do is put you in a calorie deficit. Obviously, yes, there's going to be health benefits to some. But if the goal is just weight loss, then just tracking or eating to food sort of guidelines is the best bet. Because they can still eat the foods they love. They can still go out for meals. They don't have to feel restricted. Um, they can stock up their calories for the weekend sort of if they need to and, and, and they can actually enjoy it throughout the process so one one thing though which reminds me i watched something on netflix i can't remember what it was but they were talking about this guy he was a professional swimmer so he was like i don't know 20 22 years old so really active but then eating the crappest food you can imagine so pizzas and burgers and this and that and obviously he's not putting on weight because he's ex he's expending so much energy so that uh, his calorie deficit is okay right so he's eating but it actually it's not really that healthy for you so there is this balance to be struck i feel of what are you actually putting into your body um does it does it give you energy and this is one thing i coach my clients through is is it's kind of like the energy experiment so you're really becoming aware of whatever you're putting into your body how it makes you feel an hour later or a few hours later so i'm i'm, I'm not someone who uh promote certain diets as well just by the way so i just i'm just pretty much the same as you it's like find out what what you feel gives you energy if that food is a good food for you even if, even if it is pizza or whatever it is for you if you feel good an hour later and two hours later then go for it but yeah. you want to become aware have this body awareness of what you're putting into your body and how it makes you feel afterwards yeah yeah so yeah massively really agree with that yeah well george it's been great uh chatting uh we on the on the facebook page here and uh for the listeners on the on the podcast mm -hmm. uh, catching up later uh excellent and uh george did you put the well i've got a link to your facebook page here and if people want to uh, just like your page or whatever and also just tell us where else um they, they can get hold of you so they can get hold of me on um instagram send me a message on instagram if you want or i've got all my links in my in my bio if you're if you if you want to grab that 10 steps to fan of success you can you can download that in um on my bio send me a message to send you it or if yeah. you just want to connect um then yeah feel free to, to shoot me a message and we can have a chat um the website website is www.gocoaching.net.net yeah. i'll just put it in the chat here cool perfect thank you so um what's it like for you at the minute um with with the lockdown how's it how's it been with uh... it's been good it's been good um so obviously 
clients transition from gym-based workouts to home-based workouts. So we got them set up with what equipment they had, or we got them some hold of some equipment if they needed it. Um, but obviously, gyms now opening in the UK from tomorrow, and they're open in all tiers, so one, two, and three, which is awesome. So hopefully, don't know. Hopefully, though, they stay open for the sort of foreseeable future now, which will be really good. So from a from a perspective of you actually do like I just want to get the feeling from you as a personal trainer how it's affected your business or have you guys survived if you've been clever yeah, so, it's been, it's so so obviously I've got my sort of like face-to-face coaching program and then I've got my online based coaching program and um which which clients have just transitioned into and it's worked really really well um or if clients sort of still wanted that sort of close closer sort of me actually their video with them throughout their sessions instead of sort of having me there to to check in with them once a week um or, or more than a, once a week if they need um we've been doing a few zoom sessions facetime sessions um which is going to be working really well but it the, the the sort of main thing is people need accountability people need to know people want that sort of blueprint of what they need to know so it sort of doesn't change that I can still provide that and, and clients can still see results, really good results over lockdown. Good stuff. George, it's been great to meet you and uh, I hope everything goes well over the next few months and that uh, Corona goes away and we can all return back to some kind of normal uh, existence. Mate, definitely. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, because it's been going on for how long? Nine months? Yeah, roughly like March is when we really shut down. So. Had a hell of a long time. Yeah, and I'm hoping like March next year it's just gone and then that's it. No second wave again. No I'm going to go on, go on holiday finally. Oh, where, where Have you got anywhere planned? Well, we, we uh, I think a lot of people during lockdown have, um, well, from what I've seen, gone camping, right? So we bought a whole lot of camping gear. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a massive 12-man tent and we've oh, wow. been up twice this year camping. So we think about next year going to um, the Isle of Wight and then we right. might go to Cornwall as well in the summer. So uh, that's going to be really good. Then I'm going to have to um, make sure I'm looking good and buff uh, to show off that, that beach body. And it's going to be done, especially if it's nice and sunny, which I don't know what it will be like in the UK. But Yeah, yeah, we had a good, we had a good spring and summer this year. I don't think we, we did, to be fair. We can't, we can't complain about that. I was tanned, bro, honestly. I Wait. Like, yeah, bro, I was out all the time in April, May. You probably tanned quite easily, though. Probably, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm a quarter Irish, so... Don't really <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. It's been great t- talking yeah, to you. Thanks for being on the Laugh Show podcast. Uh, myself, Clint Grove, and George O'Farrell signing out. Thank you. Thank you, guys.